Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. This is our last episode before the start of the regular season. And I got to tell you what, uh, I certainly, uh, I, I don't know if I can speak for you. I can speak for myself. I'm I'm so excited for the start of the season. Of course, with this new season of the, of the podcast, we're excited for, uh, well, we're just excited to get into the, the meat and potatoes, you know, get into the, the week to week, the day to day. Um, game to game, you know, it's always something exciting, um, going on in the NBA. Uh, the old tagline, I was just remembering, you know, they're in their promotional material. I want to say it was like 10, 15 years ago where amazing happens. Um, and, uh, that's still very much true. You know, there's always something crazy going on in the NBA, something exciting, um, for all sorts of teams, all sorts of players. So, um, first of all, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show or welcome back to the show. Um, whether you've been listening previously or this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, either way, we really appreciate your support and thank you for tuning in. Um, I had mentioned in the previous episodes, I thought we had a chance that uh, either Wyatt or Justin would be able to hop on. Uh, if you don't know, there are co-hosts uh, throughout the week. Um, they unfortunately weren't able to do it tonight. Um, Wyatt was busy. Justin, I didn't have a chance to reach out to him um, before uh, recording this episode, but I also get the idea that he was probably busy tonight as well. Um, but, uh, we should be all set to go next week. Of course, we won't have an episode Monday. Uh, we'll be taking a, a brief weekend break, extended break to, to get everything kind of finalized that we can before we get into the, um, routine schedule of the regular season with the podcast. Of course, as we've talked about before, excuse me, as we've talked about before, we have plenty of new uh, things we're excited about with the podcast, some new segments. Uh, we have hopefully some some quality of life improvements on our end, but more importantly, um, some enhanced audio, some, some better um, production value. Uh, so we're excited about that, you know. Um, but again, we're excited about the season as a whole. And uh, let's get into what we're talking about today. We're talking about... Um, you know, you'll see the title of this episode is 78th season storylines. Um, simply put, this is the 78th season of the NBA, and we're just focusing on what are the big storylines going in. Um, of course, the last couple of episodes were extended episodes and just long um, soliloquies, maybe not quite the right word, but, you know, just uh, long form conversation or really just me talking about team by team, what the rosters looked like first in the Eastern conference, then in the Western conference. And at the end of those episodes, we did talk briefly about, um, you know, outlook for contending type teams. We can get into a little bit of that today. And, uh, I will also preface that we're, I've shifted the structure of the episode for today a little bit from what we had talked about before. Um, I believe Monday, certainly on Wednesday, I, I mentioned that we would do some preseason prediction type stuff. Um, and again, we'll get into some of that, but really, again, just with time constraints and busyness, what we'll do is myself, Wyatt and Justin, we are all doing very in-depth preseason predictions, uh, which includes uh, regular season records where we think our power rankings will land at the end of the season, which players will win certain awards like MVP or rookie of the year. Um, and then we'll also make a very, very early pick for a playoff prediction. And that's the whole playoff bracket. Now, of course, this is an exercise in futility. Um, 
the what the start of a season looks like to the end of a season as far as a playoff picture. Um, sometimes it can be very close. Sometimes it can change drastically. You know, we've seen in recent years where teams win a sort of off-season finals as far as the big big name signings that we think will turn out great. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't work out great um, by by many measures. And so uh, it's more just for fun, you know, see where we were, you know, as we get to the end of the season, we'll, we can look back and see, well, what, what did we think was going to happen? Or what do we think the playoff picture would look like? Um, and it'd be, it can be fun to see where we were right, where we were wrong, probably more often where we were wrong. But uh, regardless, we will factor that in uh, to our, our hosts bracket challenge that we did. If you remember that for, you know, those previous listeners from uh, last season where we made our picks right at the start of the playoffs before any games have been played. And um, you got points for correct picks in certain rounds, bonus for correct series record, so on and so forth. Um, Wyatt was the winner of that. Not quite by default, but by the end of the second round, none of us had any correct conference finals picks. Um, thanks to teams like the Heat and the Knicks um, and the Lakers. So uh, low seeds were really a great storyline in last year's playoffs. And it was exciting, but uh, there wasn't much uh, excitement in our uh, our prediction or our bracket challenge conversation. But regardless, this preseason bracket pick will give us some small bonus points towards that bracket challenge. You know, if you were able to pick at the very beginning of the season, uh, a certain team that made it to either the conference finals or the finals, still hammering out the details on the exact bonus points, then uh, you'll get rewarded. It's like, wow, you, you kind of had an idea that early on. Um, So that's something to be watching out for. And we will have that posted on Monday. I think that will be our, kind of in between, you know, we don't have an episode on Monday, but we'll have it on our social media and I'll take a chance real quick to plug that. Of course, on Instagram crossover across time, um, pretty straightforward. Same thing on Facebook on uh, Twitter or X. Uh, we had to do a shorter name. So it's X over across time. Uh, Cause I guess an X, sometimes you use that in place of a, of a cross symbol. So um, that's where you can find us on all our social media stuff. And we will have our uh, our various hosts predictions of all those different categories posted there. Um, we'll chat about it for a brief moment on Wednesday and or Friday, I'm sure as well. Um, if and when we get the chance to do that, um, because of course we'll also be busy with opening night conversations. So um, yeah, just wanted to preface that real quick before we get into today's episode. And the way I think I'm going to do this is I'm going to get us caught up on any really big news items that I can. Um, I'll quickly skim back through rosters at the end of it, make sure we didn't miss too much there. We'll check uh, at least the last I saw some injury updates. And uh, throughout this conversation, we'll hit on some of the the storylines, the big storylines for this season. Um, and we'll also cover some things that we, we danced around as sort of, Oh, the, you know, we're talking about this and it's been a while since this news broke that you would likely know about it, but we never officially announced that news on our podcast uh, because we weren't doing the podcast. We were on our break at that time. So 
that being said, let's jump right into it. Um, and we're just going, I, I'm just covering any news items that I don't think we covered uh, since our last episode of season one, uh, starting with uh, it, many would say the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Um, of course, he's a longtime majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets, but he did uh, finalize that sale of uh, his stake of the team to a new ownership group. Uh, there's a couple of guys, I think they're probably more local uh, in North Carolina or Charlotte specifically guys. Um, I'd imagine they might not be, but uh, so that was approved. That was finalized. So now Jordan no longer um, a big factor in the Hornets um, Hornets decisions. I'm curious because the Hornets with the new, ever since Nike, t- Nike took over the uniform contract, um, the Hornets have always had the Jordan logo on their jerseys rather than the Nike logo. I'm curious if that would change at all. Um, you know, it seems wrong that the Bulls wouldn't have the Jordan logo, logo, excuse me. And also all the NBA teams, their statement uniforms have the Jordan logo. And that leads to teams like the Detroit Pistons having to wear a alternate uniform with the Jordan logo on it after those series and the Cavaliers too. I mean, that one might be even worse. The Cavaliers having to wear a Jordan logo, the jazz having to wear anyways. So that's a side point, but yeah, that sale was approved. Um, next, this was a big item. Um, Jalen Brown uh, agreed to a five year supermax extension. It's a five year, $304 million extension, which is the richest contract in NBA history. Um, congratulations. I mean, He's he's a fantastic player. It's a it's a touch surprising. Of course, you'd expect richest contract to be, you know, your LeBron James, your um, in this league, what he means to the league, a Stephen Curry, you know, maybe a Giannis in that kind of mix um, for richest contracts, maybe Jokic at this point. But, um, you know, it's not like he's undeserving of a of a big contract. You know, he's been phenomenal for the Celtics. Uh, I don't know if you could ask for much of a better co-star um, in terms of just production, what he's done with Jason Tatum than Jalen Brown. So I think that's a good one. Um, and we'll talk a little more in depth about the Celtics as a whole in just a moment. Um, but that was worth noting. We also had some other extensions. Uh, I think I I think we reported on a lot of the extensions that happened during the free agency period. Um, Some more that I was able to look back and see that were announced kind of after the fact Uh, Anthony Davis with the Lakers, uh, Josh Hart, Jared Vanderbilt and uh, Devin Vassell. So Davis and Vanderbilt with the Lakers Hart with the Knicks and Devin Vassell uh, young building block for the Spurs. So those are some other extensions that were signed. Um, the this season's Mexico City game is going to be between the Atlanta Hawks and Orlando Magic, and that is set for November 9th. Um, so that'll be fun to watch out for. Um, I think we'll also have a uh, a Paris game this season. Uh, let me double check that. Yeah, I remember it was. Yeah, it looks like, OK, Brooklyn Nets and Cleveland Cavaliers. It'll be January, very beginning of 2024. So uh, Nets Cavs in Paris. We had, I think, Bulls Pistons last year. So uh, a couple international games uh, reminiscent of the NFL doing the same thing. So I think that's a fun little wrinkle to the schedule. Uh, Big ticket item. This is one of the big storylines, of course, with this season in particular, the in-season tournament schedule announced. This is a brand new addition to the NBA schedule and uh, the NBA uh, structure awards 
you know, what teams will be competing for, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you haven't heard anything about the in-season tournament, basically it will be um, most of the games will be a part of the regular NBA schedule. Teams have been drawn into uh, unique groups, uh, kind of think of them as one year, one off divisions um, that will change, I believe, every year of the tournament. Um, so with that schedule being announced, let's actually get into that to help explain it. So here's the key dates. November 3rd is when group play begins. Um, and let me see if I can find uh, yeah, Tuesdays and Fridays throughout November. Those two nights are quote unquote turn tournament nights. And those games that are scheduled are only group play games. So if you're watching on a Tuesday or a Friday in November, you know, that those are going to be games. They're regular season games. The stats will still count the same for any regular season uh, purposes and they'll count towards regular season record, but they will also help play into this in-season tournament. Um, so that'll be throughout the whole of November and on November 28th group play will end, which looking at it, that looks like it might be no. Okay. No, it's a Tuesday. Never mind. The Tuesday after uh, Thanksgiving week. So uh, that'll be the end of group play. And then at the beginning of December, we will have the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. Now, I believe if I remember correctly, um, the, tournament sorry i'm trying to look through and remember this so the quarterfinals are going to be oh we have knockout rounds that's um that's the quarterfinals uh single elimination games um in the quarterfinals the semifinals and championship um eight teams will advance from group play into the second stage of the in-season tournament which are the knockout rounds which is the actual tournament side of it um now, there's six divisions similar to what we already have, but again, they're random division, not random, but they're drawn divisions um, d- based on a set structure of the team's records from the previous season. Um, the advancing teams will be the winners of those divisions because the group play will, uh, I believe the group play will be within those divisions. Um, and there will also be two wild cards. So the, the top team from each division and or each group it's groups in this case um and then two the two other teams that had the best records um so that'll give you the eight teams and those will be single elimination games with the quarterfinals um which are monday and tuesday december 4th and 5th those will be at home sites so i imagine team with a better record plays at home um but then the semifinals and championship uh for the winners of those uh respective games will be Thursday, December 7th, and the championship uh, Saturday, December 9th. Uh, those games, the semifinals and the championship, those three games, will be in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, so that'll be a n- unique venue for that. Uh, of course, the NBA has had interest in the Vegas market. Summer League's been a big draw. Now they're adding some regular season NBA stuff. Of course, they had the All-Star game there, um, actually about 15, 16 years ago at this point. But... Um, yeah, so all of the games except the championship will count towards regular season standings. Um, I think that means there will be some, you know, tinkering of the schedule based on who makes the semifinals, just because you don't know exactly which teams those will be. But otherwise, it won't impact the regular season too much. 
Um, and then of course there'll be an in, uh, there will be a tournament, uh, an all tournament team, a tournament MVP, and then the winner of the tournament wins the NBA cup. So there's a lot of interesting things here. I, when it first was talked about, uh, you know, Oh, commissioner Adam Silver is discussing adding an in-season tournament as skeptical. You know, I think the fact that it emphasizes not impacting the regular season too much, um, is positive. I think that really helps it out. And uh, it's intriguing. I'm curious how, you know, of course, NBA fans, um, sometimes more than other fans of other sports, are really hyper-focused on legacy. What does this mean for this player's legacy? And it's always great to talk about great players, you know, who's best at what positions, which eras, all that type of stuff. I'm curious how people will factor this new in-season tournament into that you know will it just be seen as will it be comparable to like an like an all-star mvp where it's fun it's you know it's you know merit based but it's not as weighty as say an mvp and this is also a team award compared to um you know an individual award but there's also tournament mvp of course so um i knowing you know, the climate of fans generally, I feel like fans are probably going to be slightly more skeptical about this. Um, and maybe I'm speaking for myself some, simply because I was more skeptical, but um, we'll see. And I, I think it will, a lot of it will be based on um, how the games go, how the tournament goes, you know, what it's like to watch as a fan, what the stakes feel like, uh, who ends up winning all that kind of stuff. So a refresher as well on the group draw results, Again, um, the top six teams record-wise were the you know were each in their own group, and then it was drawn from the next six, uh, group by group, to determine the remaining teams. Um, you know, it was the next six and the six after that. So loosely, these should be well distributed groups, uh, as far as you know top tier teams and and lower tier teams and a, a good mix. Uh, there's three in the West, three in the East. So there's still two conferences uh, in a sense there in the West. West a is the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Lakers, the jazz and the trailblazers. Um, a lot of rivalries there, especially Lakers, jazz trailblazers, uh, Suns. All in that mix and the Grizzlies, a little more recent team. Uh, West B, Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Rockets. And then West C, Kings, Warriors, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Spurs. So those are your West groups. In East, East A is the 76ers, the Cavaliers, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons. East B is the Bucks, the Knicks, Heat, Wizards, and Hornets. And then East C is Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, and Magic. And those are your groups. So again, I'm interested to see what happens there. As part of our part of our preseason predictions, we will actually make picks on the in-season tournament as well. And it's tough to gauge because we have no idea how players and teams will be viewing this, the competition level, all that kind of stuff. But uh we'll make we'll make picks. We'll see what happens. But there's a refresher and updates and rundown of the in-season tournament. I'm excited. And it comes up pretty soon. I mean, 
The season starts on the 24th of October and group play begins November 3rd. So right at the beginning of the season, you already have, um, you know, heightened basketball. So I think that could be a positive change as well. Um, so that's the in-season tournament. Let's go back to a little more kind of news, player news, team news, talking about players. Um, I wanted to hit on the Zion Williamson saga because it's been interesting. Not as big as maybe some other players we'll talk about in a little bit later, but um, there's a news item about uh, him and his family are sued by a technology, I think a California-based technology company, uh, Anchor, Anchor PVC, and I was... I wanted to look that up to see if that was the company I was thinking. I have seen this company. It's not um, the like the there's an anchor brand that makes like power banks and stuff that I've seen. Not that brand, but they're like an infrastructure. Okay, so so anyways, Zion Williamson and his family are sued by that company for failing to repay a loan that was given to Zion Williamson which I'm not sure when that loan would have been taken out. So that was interesting. Um, of course, there's always the question of him returning from injury. And then to top it all off, there was a whole social media thing. Um, I'll, you know, I don't know a lot of the details. Simply put, something with um, a potential relationship um, and aftermath of a relationship with an adult adult film star. Um couldn't tell you who and i it seemed interesting and it it wasn't just the one person like there was someone else and anyways i i'm being very vague and a lot of that is because i really don't know the details but i it just seems like you know there's maybe this starting to be off off the court distractions with zion um and you know i i hate for that to be the case because already again the injuries are the question with him. Um, but I think more of the storyline here is um, can he return this season? You know, we have the same storyline for a few players, but with Zion, of course, again, with some of these things in the offseason, it's a little heightened. But also, you know, remember just two or three years ago, the hype with Zion Williamson. And he's honestly, when he's played, he's met a good amount of that hype. You know, he's been named an all-star in the past. We've seen his unique style of play, even though it doesn't seem perfectly fit for the modern NBA game. Uh, He makes it work. And again, when he was playing great and he was healthy last year to start the season, the Pelicans were one of the top teams in the Western conference bar none. Um, He's back. The team for the most part is healthy. There are some players injured, but um can he sustain a season? Can he maintain his level of play? And is are these couple of random news items uh, that seem troubling? Are these things that are going to be washed away? Um, that'll be seen. Uh, that is to be seen. But I think that is a big storyline to watch out for as well. Um, and let's real quick, while we're sort of on the subject, let's run through some other players or NBA personnel who had uh, unfortunate news in the off season, starting with Amir coffee plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, he was arrested for a concealed firearm charge. Uh, briefly looking into it looked like he was um, passenger in a speeding vehicle that was pulled over uh, late at night and 
then had a concealed firearm, was charged with that. Uh, not great. But uh, anyways, Devontae Graham, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, he was suspended two games uh, by the NBA for a, his guilty plea of impaired driving in North Carolina. Definitely don't want to hear that. Um, this is maybe the, the most upsetting um, one from the offseason. Kevin Porter Jr., talented guard with the Houston Rockets, charged with assaults in a New York City hotel um, against his girlfriend. Looking into it, she was left uh, pretty harmed, le- was left with a fractured neck vertebra. Um, very troubling. And, you know, it's long after the fact, but still best wishes to uh, to the girlfriend in this case. Um, unfortunately, a name wasn't given, but hopefully she's doing well. Um, it's just troubling. It's, it's really... Um, I don't know. It's it's just worrying. And and this may sound weird. Um, and I don't I don't know. There's always been something about Kevin Porter Jr. simply just from a player standpoint, the way he plays the game. Um and, and of course in retrospect, it's like, oh well, he's you know, trying to say he knew something all along, which of course I don't mean to do, but more just his play style. Um wasn't all that impressed you know i think a lot of people on social media uh him and jalen green this last season their offense didn't seem that you know mature as far as teamwork and understanding the game complexity you know a lot of iso type situations um not the greatest shot selection regardless um but i definitely didn't want to see this kind of news um in the aftermath of this, he recently, within the last few days, was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder in uh, a decent amount of, there's a few players and picks involved. Um, the Thunder, as part of this trade, immediately waived him. Um, so now he's a free agent and he has this on his uh, on his uh, his resume, in a sense, you know, definitely now suddenly a, a career in question, in, in a way. So, um yeah, another one, Cavs GM Kobe Altman was charged for operating a vehicle while impaired. Um, not great. And then Joshua Primo, uh, we already heard about the the conduct. Uh, he had been released by the Spurs at the very beginning of last season. He recently signed a two-way contract with the Clippers. He's finally been officially suspended four games by the NBA, I think maybe since he finally kind of found a deal. Um, uh, anyway, so, but yeah, it was con- in connection with the last season last off seasons um inappropriate conduct with uh female team staff members of the spurs um there's if you look into it you know there's claims he uh the incidents weren't intentional you know maybe there's a possibility there um i don't know kind of seems like it wouldn't have come up if and it wouldn't have been you know, maybe multiple incidents if it was um, not intentional. Um, you would hope not. Anyways, troubling stuff. And all these situations, you know, just felt it was necessary to report that that had happened. But let's definitely try and move on. Um, tough news for the uh, Cavaliers. Ricky Rubio um, get, expected to be a, a good part of the rotation. Um, he's going to be taking some time away from the game, uh, for 
the next while. This was uh, probably at least a few weeks ago. This was announced, uh, if not more. Um, just focusing on the mental health and uh, props to him. I think that's a great decision as far as if you have uh, serious things going on in your personal life and your mental health. Definitely great to focus on that. I think the um, continuing uh, positive change in attitudes towards mental health is great. Yeah, I think it's um, great for him to be able to do that and and have people recognize that that's something that's necessary. So um, yeah, wishing him the best. Hopefully he's able to return because he's a, he's a solid point guard. I loved his couple of seasons with the jazz, of course, and um, he could be a great part of the rotation, a team that's looking to take another step forward and be a, a maybe a dark horse contender in the East. So uh, wishing him the best. Uh, Anthony Edwards, we, mentioned during the playoffs there was a, a small incident at the end of the the game five loss the elimination loss to the denver nuggets in the playoffs um i remember at first when i heard about it i re- i didn't know the full details and i hadn't actually seen the incident and i reported it as this tragedy and it, it wasn't a great incident it, it's not um as severe as it could have been i suppose um, simply put he, as they're walking off the court, um, he's frustrated and he, you know, kind of not thinking he, he shoves a chair or kind of flips a chair. Um, and inadvertently, I think there was some, uh, nugget staff standing who, uh, the chair, uh, kind of fell into. Um, and so just not a positive incident. I mean, definitely could have been worse, but definitely not great for those employees to have to deal with suddenly a chair kind of barging into them. Um, so, but just, he was fined 50,000 for that chair incident. Um, so I guess a small update there. Um, the Phoenix Suns, they're going to be retiring the jerseys of Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire as they enter the Suns uh, ring of honor. Uh, so props to them. I mean, those are two phenomenal players. Amari Stoudemire limited at the end of his career by injuries, um, but he was, when he was, you know, really on with the Suns and the Knicks, I mean, very underrated and even more underrated, Sean Marion, his combination of athleticism, of defense, and he had some clutch play and uh, he could score. I mean, he averaged a lot of points. Some will say it's that Sun system. I get the argument, but you also got to be able to put the ball in the basket and he did it and uh, he could hit the open shot. You know, of course, the the shooting form is uh, much maligned, um, but, you know, the Matrix, got to love him. Uh, but, yeah, definitely well-deserving. Number 31 and number 32, side-by-side uh, side numbers. That'll be very fun. Not sure if they're happening on, like, the same day, but otherwise well-deserved. Um, changes to the NBA on ESPN broadcast crew. Um, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, longtime co-anchors for uh, Mike Breen who is the color commentator or sorry, the play-by-play Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were the color commentators. Um, they were let go by ESPN. ESPN of course had a, a slew of, of uh, cuts of, you know, let employees, they let go, I guess during this past summer um, replacing them, doc rivers and Doris Burke, um, you know, pe- some people online, weren't sure about the doc rivers choice. I actually, if you go back and watch um, some of the Oh three, I, I think Oh four might've been the only year 
04 for sure, but the 2004 playoffs and finals, um, it was Doc Rivers along with Al Michaels. That two, those two were a great combination, you know. And even if at the end of the game, Doc Rivers' voice is getting a, a little raspy, it's not as much as when he's a coach and people are thinking, oh, his voice when he's a coach and this raspy voice, I don't want to send that to the whole game. You're not going to because he's not going to be yelling and he's not talking. Well, I guess he's talking a little bit more, but more the fact he's got a good voice and he knows the game. So I think that that'll be a better, uh, that'll be much better than people want to give it credit for. Doris Burke does a good job. I've warmed up to her. Um, I think that'll still be a good crew. Um, and of course, it, it, important to note that to note that rather, um, because the ESPN crew does plenty of playoff games and they also cover the finals. So, um, yeah, something to be watching out for. Uh, the Lakers are going to be revealing a new statue of Kobe Bryant outside Crypto.com Arena uh, on February eighth, twenty twenty four. Of course, two eight of twenty four. Um, you know, I think that it's great that the date worked out that way. Um, with it being the year 2024 coming up, uh, that'll be a good tribute. I imagine there's going to be, uh, there, there'll still be some emotions there. I mean, it's been more than three years and it's still kind of hard to process, um, that he is, he's, he's passed away, you know, and his daughter as well. I imagine there'll be tributes, touching tributes for both of them and well-deserved, you know, when even, someone of the caliber of Jerry West says that Kobe Bryant is the greatest Laker of all time. Uh, you know, that means something. So definitely looking forward to uh, that night. Um, another news, Eric uh, Lewis, referee, Eric Lewis retired. I made an NBA investigation uh, surrounding accusations of bias towards Boston Celtics. And actually a lot of that fueled by, again, the social media crowd, um, calling out a re- his record of games where he referees uh, where the Boston Celtics play social media posts of him and his family showing their, you know, their, them being fans of the Celtics, you know, in theory, I want to say, you know, if you're a referee, you could have a fan, you could be a fan of a certain team. And I'd like to think you can, but at the same time, when you have a record that stands out like that, that is so drastic in the favor of a team that you're a fan of, then that is definitely concerning. Um, and you know, he retires while the investigation's ongoing. It certainly doesn't absolve him. It doesn't make you think, Oh, well he retired. I guess we can't, you know, guess we can't wonder anymore, but, um, I don't know. He he doesn't seem like a terrible guy all around um, just from the small bits I've seen. So, uh, you know, hopefully find something positive after refereeing that works out. But uh, anyways, uh, small injury update. Uh, Trey Murphy, the third injured his meniscus. Um, That'll be a big impact for the Pelicans. I'll actually real quick pull up our injury tracker. Uh, it's a substantial one. Uh, this was back in September, September 7th. So about a month and a half ago at that point uh, reported to be out for 10 to 12 weeks. So we're already about halfway through that. We'll probably miss um, the the first month or so of the regular season, at least 
um, hopefully return sooner sooner rather than later because he's been a, a great rotation piece for them. Um, versatile athleticism. And I think he can knock down the uh, the open jumper as well. The, the spot up three. Uh, productive player. Great young player. Hopefully he's able to return soon. Um, a uh, Some sad news. Stan Whitey quote-unquote Whitey nickname, Stan Whitey Von Nita, uh, NBA's oldest ever alumnus, uh, passed away at the age of 101, 101 years old, uh, September 7th during the offseason. He played uh, in the NBL, the National Basketball League, one of the two leagues that merged in 1949 to form the NBA. Um, he played with the NBL's Tri-Cities Blackhawks, the organization we now know as the Atlanta Hawks. Um, reportedly, he was a productive player. He um, was well-revered by um, you know, community members, friends and family, of course. Um, definitely best wishes to his family. Um, you know, but that's that's quite the the thing to hang your hat on that you're part you're the the oldest ever uh former player uh of the NBA. You know, that's that's pretty cool. But uh yeah, sad to see him go. Um World Cup updates. You know, I didn't personally have a chance to watch much of it myself. Um final results. Uh I'll give you the medals. Germany took gold, uh kind of shocked people. From what I hear, Dennis Schroeder and uh, the Wagner brothers had phenomenal uh, runs, especially Schroeder. Uh, they beat Serbia in the championship game. Uh, Serbia, of course, taking silver. Canada took the bronze in the uh, the bronze game uh, against USA. And so the, the United States failed to medal. Uh, of course, there's any any time there's a, you know, a performance where the team doesn't quite meet the expectations. Um, you'll have all the all-stars that didn't play in the world cup coming forward and saying they want to play for, for the team this year. Some just off the top of my head, Joel Embiid actually announced he's going to play for team USA next year. Um, also uh, all three of the sun's big three, um, another talking point in just a moment, but um, yeah, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry as well. I think he said he wanted to play for, for Team USA and maybe LeBron wanted to also. So um, it just seems like a cycle at this point. You know, you have a, a World Cup performance or, a, you know, FIBA event in between Olympics where you have all stars who could play that didn't play. And so the the roster is not as stellar as it could be. They they get a silver, they get a bronze, or they don't medal, and then all the players commit, and they have an ultra-stacked Olympics team, and they win the gold in the Olympics. Um, they dominate the rest of the teams, and then they kind of sit back again and don't play in the the FIBA-type uh, events. So, um, But I guess something to look forward to next year. Paris 2024 Olympics looks like it could be a star-studded lineup for Team USA, but again, congratulations to Germany, Serbia, and Canada for winning medals there. Um, now let's hit back on a big storyline: the new player participation policy for the NBA. This is going to be um, a big one, and it's already been a big talking point. Basically, 
of course, throughout all of the last few seasons, the whole load management debate, resting players, that's been a big conversation. For the fans, um, a good amount of the time, it's been negative in the sense that you buy increasingly more expensive tickets to go watch your favorite player play only to show up at the arena and it's his day to be resting and not play due to load management. Um, and I know I understand it fully from the player's perspective, the team's perspective. It's a long season. Um, we've seen injuries, you know, there's every year there's a handful of injuries to star level players that will wipe out a team season, wipe out that player's season, uh, hurt their chances in the playoffs. You know, the Pelicans, of course, Zion gets hurt. Suddenly the the team flips its trajectory and they end up missing the playoffs entirely. I understand that. I sympathize with that. Um, I think in the old school mentality of you play all the games and you play through some types of injuries that maybe current players wouldn't play through, um, you build up a durability there. Um, I kind of subscribe to that notion in a sense. I get that it probably doesn't have the most scientific basis as far as like, you know, trying to be an Iron Man doesn't guarantee you more injury resistance than if you were to rest more games. I get that aspect, but it kind of feels that way sometimes. I mean, my argument is you always you look at, you know, a player like Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain. And they're playing in the 60s, wearing Converse sneakers, little to no support, playing full 82 game seasons, and they're averaging 46, 47 minutes a game, uh, barely coming out of the game at all, and they never really miss time. But I'm sure you'd also argue that, I mean, some of those players, I mean, Bill Russell only played, I want to say, 13 seasons. Um, yeah, 13, because he, there was only two years he didn't win a championship. Um, Wilt Chamberlain, kind of a similar, uh, he played a little bit longer, maybe another season or so. Um, so you can have longer careers. There's a lot of arguments on both sides, but essentially the NBA is kind of, you know, going to move towards, they want players to play more. You know, they understand the there's been some negative fan impact, but of course they want, they want star players to be available. They want people to be able to depend on, Oh, I can tune in or I can go to the arena and I can watch a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, a Steph Curry, whoever the star player is. Um, so the policy is long. If you go to the NBA's communications uh, site, you can find it there. The full release is six pages. It touches all sorts of things. Um, there's policies about, you can't rest multiple star players on the same day. Uh, star players must be available for national TV games and in-season tournament games. Uh, home road balance must be even as far as when you play your star players on the home at home versus on the road. Excuse me. Um, teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown uh, for a star player, uh, which would affect the integrity affect the integrity of the game quote unquote uh, player resting uh, teams must, if resting a healthy player, ensure the player is present at the game and visible to fans uh, star player, non-participation league office investigation discipline. I mean, it goes into all the details of, you know, 
what it means for players, what it means for teams. One of the big impacts is that there is a number of games requirement for most of the awards at the end of the season, such as all NBA, uh, MVP, all those type of, of awards. And that's important, of course, for players wanting to win those awards. But it's also important because we see a lot of contracts where uh, certain incentives or bonuses are given for getting an all NBA award. So now maybe you have a star player who's uh, otherwise would have rested more games, but suddenly they're not going to make that extra incentive because they didn't play the amount of games they needed to make an all NBA team or an all, um, all defensive team or whatever it is. Um, then maybe they play those games. So I think for me, I lean towards being in favor of this. I know that players probably aren't going to be, um, but you know, and there's some steep penalties in this too. Um, any team that violates any of the foregoing provisions, the the whole you know five or six pages before, or otherwise has a player who does not participate in a game in circumstances that are, in the opinion of the commissioner, prejudicial or detrimental to the NBA, shall be subject to the following penalties. So the first violation, the team is fined a hundred thousand. Uh, second, team is fined two hundred fifty thousand. Subsequent violations for each successive violation, the team will be fined 1 million more than its previous penalty. So the third time it's 1.25 third, uh, fourth time 2.25 and just keeps going up, which is maybe a bit wild, but I guess it'll be effective or has the chance to be effective. Um, so anyways, that'll be a storyline um rule changes there's also a change with the uh with flopping rules they're re-emphasizing uh eliminating flopping and i guess there's an acronym they're going to be using stem uh, of course education people will think oh yeah science uh, technology engineering math uh in this case it's going to be uh secondary theatrical exaggerated and movement. I guess those are the four criteria that they'll judge these flopping calls on. Uh, if I've seen it, it's maybe, it looks like technical. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Penalty of a technical foul and free throw for the other team for the flopping call, which it feels like they had this in the past where they instituted a, tech, a technical for flopping and maybe the rule was changed, but now they're giving it a try again. Otherwise, that with the uh, the participation policy, I think those are going to be uh, big things to watch for this season for sure. Um, back to kind of standard NBA news stuff. Former NBA player Brandon Hunter uh, passed away uh, at the age of 42, September 12th. Definitely sad to see that. Um, unfortunately, I'm not ultra familiar with his name. Uh, looked like he was a little more of a journeyman type player. Uh, the Celtics, uh, maybe the Magic as well, and also had an extensive career in Europe, but definitely wishing his family the best, uh, even though it's a little bit after the fact uh, for that. Let's hit on now the two big trade items that we mentioned, the finalized rosters related to them, but the two big trades that happened in recent weeks uh, in the Eastern Conference specifically, involving some West teams as well. The Damian Lillard blockbuster is a big one. The Bucks received Damian Lillard. Of course, it was a long saga of him uh, kind of, you know, he, he had written it out with Portland for a long time, decided now was the right time to try and find a situation where he'd be a little more competitive at the moment 
try and win a championship. Um, it looked like Miami was the preferred destination. Um, a lot of talks about trying to go there. There's other teams mentioned, you know, maybe I think Sixers would have been a long shot. Um, but suddenly he's going to Milwaukee and the Bucks, So they get Damian Lillard. Uh, and it's a three-team deal. So the Trailblazers received DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, Drew Holiday for the Bucks, uh, Timani Kamara, the rookie from the Suns, a 2029 first-round pick from the Bucks, and two first-round pick swaps in 2028 and 2030, also from the Bucks. Um, as part of the, their part of the deal, the Suns receive Yusuf Nurkic from the Blazers, Grayson Allen from the Bucks, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson, both of them from the Trailblazers as well. Um, all round. The trade, of course, for the Bucks, I think they did well. You're swapping Lillard for Holiday. That makes sense. And you give up some picks and Grayson Allen overall. Not terrible. Of course, you know, Grayson Allen's a solid role player um, and a starter for the Bucks the last year or two. Um, victimized maybe a little bit by that infamous play at the end of their elimination game this last playoffs. But regardless, um, overall, I think the Bucks did well to get a star and especially a star that Giannis wanted to play with and that also wanted to play with Giannis. So I think that was a great move for the trailblazers. Pretty good return. I mean, Deandre Ayton, especially I feel like that could be underrated. Um, they get a rookie, a bit, a, a rookie big, they get some picks and they're all first round type picks. Excuse me. So that'll help their long-term building efforts. Now that they're definitely in a build mode. And then uh, Drew Holiday as well, a trade asset that we'll talk about in just a moment as well. Um, And then for the Suns, I'm lukewarm on it. You know, I think DeAndre Ayton, as he he was very, you know, he was not a bust at all by any means as a first round or first overall pick. But he also wasn't necessarily a star. He was just very solid and productive in his role as a starting center which I don't think you can really fault him for. And now they move him for an older player with more injury concerns than Yusuf Nurkic, who I like. I like Nurkic, and especially when he first got to the Trailblazers his first year or two when he was playing and healthy, he had some phenomenal stat lines and some great play. Uh, But, you know, and especially as far as their fit, you know, he's a little more offensive center. Um compared to Aiton, who was a touch more defensive leaning. Um, and it wasn't like the Suns necessarily needed more offense. Um, for their depth, I think it helps to to add players. They get Grayson Allen, Little, um, Keon Johnson a bit too. So I think that side helps, but I'm kind of lukewarm on it for the Suns. Um, but back to Drew Holiday, he was then traded just a week or so later to the Celtics. So here's that trade. The Celtics received Drew Holiday, and the Trailblazers then get more uh, on top of what they got before. Malcolm Brogdon, uh, last year's sixth man of the year. Robert Williams III, a 2024 first-round pick via the Warriors, and a 2029 unprotected first-round pick via uh, that was the Celtics. So as far as this trade for the Celtics, I think it's fantastic. You know, it's odd to move on from Brogdon after just one year, but it makes sense. I wish they didn't have to give up for their sake, I wish they didn't have to give up Robert Williams because he definitely helps them out defensively in the middle. But Drew Holiday can bring that veteran presence and that championship experience along with his 
he's just a consummate professional, consummate teammate, and his his two way play. I mean, he'll be he'll be phenomenal for the Celtics. Um, and then yeah, the Blazers add more picks. They add Brogdon, who still is not that old, and same with Robert Williams. They've got plenty to work with now. Um, a good start, I'd say, for their true building mode. Um, so those are the big trades, and again, Lillard on the Bucks, Holiday on the Celtics. And now those are the two top teams in the East. We talked about it for the most part on that Eastern conference preview. Definitely check that out. That was Monday's episode, but um, you know, it's their conference kind of to lose those two teams, you know, Cleveland will be competitive Philadelphia, depending on the Harden situation, which we'll talk about in just a second as well. will be, will be good. Uh, Miami, of course, an underrated team. We're going to underrate them again, and they're going to, come up and surprise us and they're going to make probably the conference finals who knows at the very least but um right now the outlook is probably a buck celtics conference finals um that would be your odds on favorite i would say um so those are going to be the two teams to watch for in the east as far as your top contenders i would say um interesting saga with the charlotte hornets and kai jones um a role player, kind of power forward center type. Um, not a bad player. Didn't play very much. Um, suddenly was away from the team during training camp. Uh, looked like more kind of personal issues. And then suddenly announced that he wanted to be traded. Um, days later, he was waived. So just like that, out of nowhere, um, became kind of a focal point and then was waived. So... That was interesting um, with the Hornets having signed. They just signed PJ Washington, an, Washington to an extension. Resigning miles bridges, who of course will miss time with the suspension. Um, they have Hayward. They have um, Mark Williams. There's their sophomore center. Who's going to be starting. Um, they had JT Thor, you know, they have Nick Richards, um, seemed like he was maybe going to get lost to the shuffle anyways. Um, you know, hopefully for his sake, it was, um, I, I want to lean towards the fact it was maybe, you know, miscommunication with the team wanting to get an opportunity and the trade was had, you know, just give me a chance to play somewhere where I might have opportunity to continue to develop, get a bigger role to be waived. You know, that's like, well, was there something else going on behind the scenes? We don't know for sure. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, yeah, we'll see if he's, if he's picked up, you know, that could be a, a worthwhile signing depending on the free agent market, but uh, yeah, interesting saga there for Charlotte. A um, couple more uh, NBA figures who've passed away uh, in recent weeks, uh, former NBA head coach, Brendan Malone passed away at the age of 88. That was October 10th. Um, he, was a longtime assistant. He was actually an assistant on the Pistons staff uh, that won back-to-back championships in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, he was also a head coach a couple of times, one time in uh, Toronto for the expansion Raptors. And then another in uh, 2004, 2005 season with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a head coach for one year with a sophomore season, LeBron James. Um, and of course he's the father of Nuggets head coach, Michael Malone. Um, definitely. Best wishes to to Michael Malone and the Malone family. Uh, tough loss for sure. Great figure. Um, and then also former NBA Rookie of the Year, Terry Dissinger, passed away at the age of 82 on October 12th. 
underrated player. I mean, he was a rookie of the year with the uh, the Baltimore Bullets at that time. Of course, the franchise we now know is the Washington Wizards. Um, he was a solid pro for a long time. Um, great rookie of the year season. Had some productive years after that. Um, I didn't know this. I guess he was a prominent figure in uh, as an orthodontist after his playing career. Uh, props to him, credit to him for being um, – you know, a, a leading figure in that kind of field. Um, but you know, best wishes to his family at that time. Tough loss. Great figure. Um, Dylan Brooks, this is a little bit of preseason news, uh, was fined $25,000 for reckless contact in the preseason game against the Pacers. Um, you know, fighting through a screen, um, maybe putting a little more meaning to that, but, um, interesting to see that Brooks is not changing too much in his new location in Houston, um, but, you know, I get the criticism, but I think he can still be a very helpful player to a franchise. Um, we'll have to see on the season how he's able to help, hopefully, the Houston Rockets, a team looking to uh, take a step forward. Um, recently, Adam Silver was talking about the NBA potentially considering a change to the All-Star Game format uh, or rather reverting it to the traditional format of the East versus the West. Of course, uh, ever since 2017, we've been doing um, the leading vote getters in each conference become the captains uh, of the two all-star teams, and they draft from the pool of other all-stars voted in. Um, The format's grown on me a little bit. I don't necessarily hate it, but of course, as someone who enjoys tradition, I think going back to the East versus the West um, would be fun. And I think... There's been ideas thrown around on social media. You know, you add some incentive that really means something to the players or the teams um, to the outcome of the all-star game. Um, That could definitely improve watchability, but um, we'll have to see if there's any changes on top of just going back to the traditional format. Um, But that was something discussed. Terry Stotts, uh, longtime head coach, of course, was recently hired on to, for the Bucks uh, assistant staff, one of the lead assistant coaches for Adrian Griffin's uh, coaching staff. He recently stepped down uh, from that position after just a few months. There's reports of a, uh, a dispute at practice um, that was a little more vocal, uh, kind of Griffin uh, talking down to Stotts potentially. Um it certainly was at least some somewhat of a factor, um, but otherwise, you know, I guess respect the stats. If, if he just figured out it wasn't going to be the right situation for him. Um, he was an underrated coach. He did a good job, uh, especially in Portland. Um, Andre Iguodala. This was just today, actually. we're now finally getting kind of caught up to where we're at. Andre Iguodala announced his retirement uh, today. Uh, of course, you know, storied career started with the Sixers was an all-star um, you know, 2012 still kind of a magical year for them when they beat the they they beat the Bulls as a uh, eighth seed in the first round. Some of that aided, of course, by the Bulls losing Derrick Rose to injury in that series. But regardless, um, played with the Nuggets for just one year, led them on a nice little playoff run against the Warriors. Then the next year went to the Warriors, and of course became a key part of the the dynasty there. Uh, I believe he was on the team for all four of the championships. Um, even if, I mean, he was the the finals MVP in 2015 for that first one. Um, 
because he he slowed down LeBron. I know there's people who detract that, you know, oh, we LeBron only averaged 30 plus points in that game, but uh, it was a little more of the eye test, maybe not slowing down LeBron, but making sure that LeBron wasn't able to impact the team around him and impact the game enough to, to sway the series uh, to an extent. But um, yeah, by the time he was with that fourth championship team, against the Celtics just a couple of years ago, um, a little bit, uh, or just last year, actually. Um, it, it was pretty clear he didn't have too much left, you know, just, just getting older, you know. So a great career, great player. Uh, shout out to him. Excited to see what he's uh, what he does in the off, uh, in his retirement, you know. So um, let's finally hit on the James Harden saga a little bit because we've that's one big offseason item that we've been neglecting. Um, of course he picked up the player option, uh, at the beginning of the free agency period with the idea that he was talking with, uh, the Sixers front office to work out a trade. Okay. I get it in the sense that maybe he felt he wouldn't get as much as a free agent on the market than he would with the player option and then a trade. Uh, so sure. Um, a trade didn't happen. They didn't find a package they liked. Of course, it's reported that Harden preferred to go to the Clippers or the Knicks. Um, since then, it's just been um a, a big falling out. Um, publicly criticized Daryl Morey. He, I believe, he was in uh China doing something with it with adidas or with his brand um what was the quote i i will not play for a team uh with daryl morey as a gm like very adamant um he's he's been adamant about a trade he's been away from the team during media day during the preseason games he was there at the beginning of training camp but but no longer um He's been fined $100,000 by the NBA for the trade demands. Um, it hasn't seemed to change much. Um, it's just confusing, you know. I, Especially where last... He had a good year last year. And I think I said this before on the, the Eastern Conference preview. He had a good year in Philadelphia. Even if there was some off nights, if there was some questions. He was one of the lead, league leaders in assists. You know, he... He didn't seem to slow down and beat enough to prevent him from winning an MVP. I mean, they, if Harden is, if Harden was content and coming back with the Sixers and they have a new head coach in Nick nurse that people think could be a better fit for what they want to do, you know, they, they would be right up there with the bucks and the Celtics. They would be probably that third team in contention. Now it's this cloud of who knows what's going to happen. And I don't know what James Harden wants. I guess he wants maybe the money. You know, I don't blame him for that. But then he also, he wants to win, but he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. He didn't want to be in Brooklyn. I don't get it. And I don't know him. So I, I wouldn't get it. So that's all I'll say on that. Um, I've defended Harden a lot as far as his, is quote unquote legacy. We like to talk about as NBA fans, you know, he's 
he's undoubtedly one of the top 10 shooting guards of all time. I don't think that's crazy to say at all. But these recent years, I just don't get it. I don't get it. That's all I'll say. But that is that storyline. And finally, I wanted to update everyone. I know some people don't care that much at all, but I care. All the new uniforms we've got this year. Here we go. Let's start um, with all the news that I could find. This is both official and leaks. Um, Small update with the Sixers. They're tweaking the... uh, the athletic shadow, the the uh, the highlight color of the text on their jerseys, um, making it more pronounced. I think it's a, a welcome change. So basically on the road uniform, for example, the blue, there's the white text and then the red shadow outline. That's much more pronounced. Again, I like it. I think that's a good change. They've also announced their city uniform and just a... a a preface for the city uniforms this year from what a lot of them have come out as a lot of darker colors, black Navy, uh, darker blues. Um, not sure why, but that's just something, uh, that's happened. So the Sixers, uh, it has, it's Navy with white text and like a red design in the text city of brother, brotherly love is what it says across the chest offset 21 or offset number to the, to the right side. Um, I guess it's connected to um, the the Reading Terminal Market, if I remember that name correctly. Of course, where a lot of the the famous you know cheesesteak places or, or what have you, a lot of famous uh, markets and and stores there. It's a big part of the city, so I think it's a good choice uh, for the city uniform. It looks all right. Uh, that's all. Right. That's a decent choice. Uh, the Bucks, very uh, hard to see leak um for this one basically it looks like they'll just do another blue uniform um with a white border across and then blue milwaukee on top of that um doesn't look too much different from what they've done in the past but we'll have to see what happens with that um chicago bulls this one looks very bland uh black uniform with red trim uh white chicago vertical uh down the side and then an offset number um not a lot of thrills. Not a big fan of that one. Uh, Cleveland. Uh, the Chicago one was a leak. The Cleveland one is also a leak. Um, looks like red with gold text says the land. Um, offset number. Looks like a very intricate uh, trim on the, the shoulders and the, the neck. Kind of a cool design. Um, that looks all right. I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem either with the, the leak for the Celtics. Um it looks very Celtics-esque. You know, that's about all I can say. It's dark green on white. It's a white jersey with dark green text and then attritional gold around it. Uh, I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be solid. Uh, the Clippers, dark navy with white text clips. And then the eye, the dot for the eye is a basketball. Um, there's like a light blue trim. Uh, it looks kind of neat. I'm not sure the significance because of course it hasn't been announced but i guess we'll see uh the grizzlies looks like they're doing the mem word mark where it's just the three lines and then you twist the three lines then you twist them back uh it's on a black jersey white text kind of a gold number um it's fine not much to say there uh the heat uh the memphis one is a leak of course the heat one is also a leak 
uh, black jersey with red text, uh, heat culture on it. It's fine. I guess, you know, that makes sense. We talk so much about heat culture in recent years. Might as well make a jersey out of it. Uh, the Hornets, this one's official. Their classic uniform for this year. They're throwing back to not the the ones, not quite the ones everyone thinks of, of the classic Hornets pinstripe, uh, you know, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Morning era. Just after that, where they made a little tweak to it, the Glenn Rice era, where they had like a, a red, uh, not a red, a, a purple side panel, a thicker side panel. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, I think it's cool. Uh, that's a throwback that hasn't really happened yet. So that's always fun. Um, another new throwback, the Utah Jazz. They're doing a throwback to their very first road uniform. The one year, their first year in the NBA was a slightly different road uniform than the following seasons. The text, uh, the the J note logo, the the note part of it doesn't have a basketball in it. It's smaller. The text is a little bit different. Um, of course, Pete Maravich is the one to look up if you want to see the original jersey. Pretty faithful recreation, although the number font seems a little bit odd, but I'll accept it. They're they're beautiful, especially compared to their current uniforms. Um, and then also their city uniform was sort of announced. It was teased last year. It looks like it'll be like a modern take on the the mountain Scott, you know, mountain uh landscape across the jersey. It's a purple with with a white mountain. The Utah text is purple and black, white number. It looks pretty clean. I'm excited for that to be announced. I'll probably pick one up honestly it'll be great um sacramento kings in connection with their 100th anniversary or their 100th season they're doing a blue with white and red and then a little bit of the silver um of course that ties into their royals and their um their kansas city kings days so looks very good i it looks like it might be a little bit busy with the side paneling as well as the the big stripe kind of coming down the offset middle but um should still be good the knicks they're doing um something reminiscent of the latrell sprewell larry johnson um marcus camby days of the final the finals run in 99 big black side panel blue jersey um the main text though is white with an orange drop shadow but it's like a really far down drop shadow to where it look where you can see that it's two separate layers of text not just an outline um questionable decision there i think but it's okay it's not the worst the lakers oh by the way the knicks and the kings those were leaks the lakers is a leak as well it's a black jersey um with purple trim purple numbers but then gold text in that triangle formation uh, throwback to the old '60s logo when their colors were were two shades of blue. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. I like it for the history side of it. Of course, people were trashing it that didn't really know the history of it, and it doesn't look that exciting. But um, I'm hoping this is a return to the um, honoring a player uniforms that they had done for a few years. I liked that idea with the Lakers because they have so many legendary players. Um, the magic, this one's official, a throwback uniform to the Tracy McGrady era with the, the stars, uh, subtle and blue, the big black, uh, pinstripe side panels. Those I think are the magic's best uniforms ever. Maybe a hot take, but I think that'll be an awesome throwback. Um, the Indiana Pacers, this one's a leak. It looks just like a black Jersey with, uh, bright yellow and like a, almost like a teal or just like a really bright blue, um 
almost like it's painted on, it's scribbled on, indie, uh, offset number, indie is in white, the number's in yellow. It looks like I'm not going to like it very much, um, but I guess it's unique. Um, New Orleans, the Pelicans, they have a new statement uniform. This one's official, so a new alternate. Um, it's still the red uniform. The number is now navy, and the text is Crescent City. A um, little bit of a unique trim. But it's fine. It's not anything amazing, but it's not bad. Uh, for the Pistons, they have their leaked. Uh, their their city uniform was leaked. It looks like a black jersey, red trim, and then white text Detroit. And it looks like it's in the style of the the t shirts that went around in the championship years, uh, in the late eighties, early nineties. The bad boys. It looks like that same text. That's a solid idea. I think they maybe could have done more with it, but it should be a pretty good uniform all around. Don't have a problem with that. Uh, the Raptors, as part of their media day, this was leaked. Some pictures of of Schroeder doing media day images of the new city uniform, it looks like. And this is going to be a gold uniform with the, the unique Raptor kind of jagged pinstripe, some black trim, black text Toronto. I think that'll be sharp. I don't think they, because of course they've they've loved this black and gold theme but they've done every iteration of black as the base as they can. It got a little bit old. So to do gold as the base, I think is going to be a lot better. I'm excited for that one. Uh, the rocket small change to the statement uniform. The shoulder striping is not gray anymore. It's red. Um, but then also their city uniform leaked. It's white with red and blue text. And it says H town. Um, maybe it has a good story. I don't know. It, it's fine. It's just not that exciting. The Suns, of course, brand new primary uniforms, association and icon, association and icon. Um, there had been leaks about early designs. This is a revised version. Um, overall, I think it's it's very good. Um, it brings back the streaking sun. It's um, you know, it's their third, their second modern take on the classics from the Charles Barkley years. Um and I think this is the better of the two modern takes, and it's a very good uniform. Um, you know, I like the the white basketball on it. The only gripe I have is the fact that on the white uniform, the streaking sun is purple, and on the purple uniform, the streaking sun is purple. I, it just feels like maybe there could have been a difference there. But, you know, I think if the white uniform, the streaking sun was white, and then the sun's text was purple as some of the leaks looked like they could have been that would have been stellar but still a good set i think they'll look much sharper um and then the city uniform leaked um el valle i think if it's spanish then the two l's that'd be a uh valle instead of val valley um hopefully i'm saying that right i mean it's purple with with orange but then it's got this like blue or rather teal. It looks kind of interesting. Um, I, I'm sure it'll look better once it's actually unveiled. Um, that was a leak. The Timberwolves official, their city uniforms are um, a, a white that turns <clears throat> into a blue gradient. Excuse me. Most of the uniform is blue, but right at the top, there's a little bit of white and it's, it has some water effect. Minnesota text in white uh, on top of the blue water. It's in reference to, of course, Land of a Thousand Lakes, but more specifically the recreation uh, in Minnesota with the lakes. So that's a cool one. I like that. Um, 
it's a little too intricate for my taste as far as like the really uh, high quality water type image, but it works. And then they're bringing back a classic uniform their their debut home uniforms uh, and like the rookie year, the rookie Kevin Garnett year uniforms. I like those a lot. I think that's fun to see those back. And then finally a leak for the Warriors, their city uniform. Uh, not a fan. It's a black uniform with gold slash yellow trim and text and it's san francisco it, on the left side it looks like it's just going to be a standard arc you know going up and then back down as it goes left to right but it goes up as it goes to the right it stays straight and then it curves sharp upright again as it gets to the end um i'm sure there's a great story behind it as far as the uniform goes it looks awful i would say but there's the update on uniforms at this point. And again, I know a lot of people don't care that much, but I think it's uh, interesting to see. And that's one of the things I look forward to with the season. Um, that gets us caught up. And that's more than an hour that it took us to do that. Let's real quick, just bounce through some of the things that I didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, we talked Bucks and Celtics. We talked Zion and Harden. We talked about the season changes. Um, <clears throat> the other three storylines to watch for, as we get ready to wrap this up and send you into the weekend and into the regular season. Um, LeBron is entering his 21st season in the NBA. Um, He has showed no signs of slowing down. You know, people might expect him to do that this year, but I won't be surprised if he shuns those expectations as the Lakers now have maybe their strongest team and their most well-balanced team since after they won the championship in 2020, excuse me, in 2020. So um, Lakers will be must-watch TV for sure. And LeBron in his 21st season, he's nearing 40,000 career points, which he'd be the first player to ever do that. Of course, he took the league lead all-time in career points last season. Um, Yeah, it's unprecedented and it's exciting to watch. Um, The Phoenix Suns, they're big three. We touched on it with the Western Conference, but... Booker and Durant, along with Bradley Beal, they've looked great in the preseason. And if you remember in the regular season at the end of the year last year, after Durant was acquired, the Suns had a stretch of games where they were just absolutely uh, slicing through teams. I mean, their offense was just unbeatable and they were, they were undefeated for a while. So, to pair Beal with that, it could be even more dynamic. Other teams could be catching up to what they're doing. We'll have to see how the Suns look coming out the gate. That's going to be a big storyline as well. And finally, Victor Wembanyama. I know many people might be tired of hearing his name, but you better get used to it because you're going to be hearing that constantly throughout the regular season. does not matter if the Spurs are even that competitive this year. Because Wembenyama uh, in the preseason has already shown why he was hyped as the number one pick for more than a year. Um, I mean, just seven foot three, seven foot four with a ginormous wingspan with shooting ability, defense, decent athleticism. I mean, he there's prospects we've seen with all the size and they don't quite pan out. We've seen, of course, guys like Durant and Giannis and Porzingis who are quote-unquote unicorns. 
and Wembenyama could be poised to be one of those guys as well. Um, regardless, he's going to be a huge storyline to watch this year. Um, and with that, I think that's a great place for us to end off more than an hour into this. And uh, my voice is tired again on Monday on our social media. Definitely be on the lookout for our, um, our all three house predictions for the season in all the different categories. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate your support um, on the socials as well as uh, either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whether wherever you're listening to this, you should be able to find a link tree that links to all of our other pages. So you can definitely stay updated uh, wherever you need to. Um, thanks again. We will sign off there and we'll be back on Wednesday as we get to the start of the regular season. Uh, We'll see you then.